Welcome to the journey after the journey. In other words, integration. We have a studio full of angels here tonight. Community builders, angels, wizards, magicians, future tellers. And we're here to discuss and share and contemplate and meditate on one of the most needed conversations right now in the growing, ever-expanding consciousness community. And that is integration. Not everybody likes that word. It brings up a lot of stuff to different people. I constantly hear, find a better word. And yet, it is a word that everybody in the spiritual community, especially the ones who uses indigenous technologies and shamanic ceremonies and self-exploration through sacred substances and plant medicine. Integration is the process in which we literally integrate those peak spiritual experiences into everyday magic. And it's an important conversation because while on one end we have been fighting to make journeying, shamanic ceremonies, and all kinds of peak spiritual experiences more readily available and accessible to the world at large. Well, there is a renaissance of sort in this field. What's really important right now is the discussion and the formation of an integration community. There are many ways, many ways to reach enlightenment and many ways to grow and build your support structure that allows you, allows you freedom, allows you for a real expansion. And yet, the real work, the real work is slowly and gently changing and merging your inner world with your outer world merging and creating the same environments and peak states and experiences that one usually feels and experiences during a shamanic ceremony a journey of sorts into everyday life because let's face it the old hero's journey was one that you did it on your own. And once in a while, perhaps there were a few people to help you along the way, but the current myth of the hero's journey is one of solitude and loneliness. And what we're suggesting and reminding that that itself is part of the problem. The real hero's journey is one that includes and is divine communion with another person, with a community, with fellow human beings. Integration is literally stepping out of your own personal journey of awakening and engaging, engaging in taking more courageous action, taking more risk, making more changes, realizing that life is really about acknowledging our divinity, about waking, igniting our passions, our dreams, our magical abilities, our healing powers, 
our ability to manifest and dream our life awake day in day out we all have our ups and downs and those of us who actually are involved in rituals using sacred substances and indigenous technologies for self-exploration know that the ups and downs are even more common the contraction the experience of I felt so good before and now and now it seems confusing how can the how can I know that the world is so beautiful and we are so connected and the heart is the true power and yet why is it so difficult why can it why does it get so challenging why do I feel like sometimes where is the blue pill let me forget what I know please take me back to ignorance please take me back to systems where at least I felt like that knowing and competing and trying to fix things was the way to go now you listening to this you're on the edge you have been exploring and you're at the edge of your own imagination you're at the nexus of your own personal imagination and creation you're meeting your own reality making abilities by truly recognizing that you are limited and unlimited by the beliefs you have about yourself by how confident you are at your own power and abilities that you can't escape people talk about you can make your own reality the truth is once you start doing real spiritual work and that literally just means letting go you come face to face with the fact that you're always creating your reality thoughts do become things what you think about does happen what you feel manifests and participating in sacred ceremonies and rituals that is happening all around the world what tends to happen is people go back to their everyday life we so many times experience such a deep heartbreak such a deep disconnect because how can the world be so different why is it so hard for the human race for human beings to remember to remember that we are all connected and we are biological miracles and every day and every second is pure pure awe and wonder of self-discovery so this show this podcast this episode really is the beginning of a journey of a journey that you have been waiting for praying for wishing if you are listening to this podcast congratulations yes we are out here there is a lot of us there's a lot of us waking up there's a lot of us going through these deep processes and yet we know that the process is merely merely our own unfoldment our own imagination just getting acquainted to our own powers and then there is a whole new reality where you are encouraged to dream where you are being called to 
to create when you realize that who you are is a creation that is constantly creating and for that for that for real integration to happen we need community because just because you remember who you are just because you might experience the oneness in which you continuously flow out of we know we know how difficult it can get to make that your everyday life and that is what integration is all about just like we didn't go from fossil fuels all the way to free renewable energies and what overnight we go from fossil fuels to batteries to sun to hybrids there is a process there is a real process which we are calling even though the name is a little ill integration and until we find a better funner less complicated in the technical world we're going to create with it and just like so many ceremonies and sessions finish with an integration the next day let this podcast let this show let this date with yourself let this be a support system a reminder of this is the work and nobody can tell you what to do nobody really very very few if any can tell you what to do and how to implement what you have learned during those peak experiences no one can tell you what to make of your epiphanies of your aha moments it's a very important thing to realize out of the seven billion people in the world out of the small small percentage right now at least that is waking up in such rapid ways there are not enough role models and leaders out there that are taking what we are learning in the behind closed doors and in the mystery schools of many many places around the world and bringing it out to the light that's our job our job is to take what we are learning in the privacy and sacredness of these sessions these rituals these journeys and really spread and uncomplicate it let's not take ourselves so seriously let's bring this wisdom into the world so we're going to spend the next hour or so speaking to rich lilith and uh, fred i haven't seen fred in a while and we're going to be discussing what integration is for them what they can offer as advice from their personal experiences what helps you get back into your heart what reminds you who you are what you do when things get challenging and just what you would have wished to know when you started doing this sacred work what questions did you have then that you are now answering and what can you advise the person who is right now experiencing blue tuesday because let's face it there is hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of rituals going all around the world and and you know let's just stay in our time zone just happening in our neighborhoods every weekend and today's tuesday tuesday is usually the rough day 
That's when physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you feel the contraction the most. So by the time people are turning into this, they really want to hear that everything is okay. They really want to feel and remember that it is real. What you have experienced is beyond real. It is what is driving our world. You were blessed and still are to meet your imagination, to meet the divine source which everything arises out of. You were sent back to your heart in one way or another. It may have been through spirit. It may have been through just straight to your heart. It could have been through your body. It could have been through feeling like you're going to die and you're just happy to come back. Whatever your spiritual pleasure or lack thereof, you're here. And that's the most important part that I would like to remind you. You're here Congratulations, you're not alone. No, you are loved. Rest in peace. Dream your sweet dreams till your soul is released. No, you are loved. in peace dream your sweet dream for a lot of you this is the first time you're tuning into this podcast which is cool because technically this is episode zero of integration the journey after the journey i don't want to give you too much context because it doesn't really matter just so you know we're here for you i can tell you that over the past for years, I personally have been holding integration circles every week with a single focus to help folks who come off journeys to integrate them. I do not deal with sacred substances or medicine at these integration circles. That's the whole point. My whole purpose and vision of my work every day and at these integration circles and integration ceremonies and coming soon integration weekends the whole goal is to do what it is that you think is possible for you and that you've experienced during those peak journeys into everyday life so i have been doing integration circles weekly for just about four years now and then in the in between these circles i help people one-on-one with integration sessions And I've learned a lot. And the reason why, and I'm learning a lot all the time, the reason why I've decided to launch this podcast because it's just needed. It's really, really needed. I find myself answering the same questions, saying a lot of the same things. And yet when you Google integration or spiritual integration, there are not even ads that people are buying. So that means it's it's a topic that is yet to be Explored enough where people can find information. So, this is it. You guys are at the frontier of this movement. I know, I know you guys personally, some of you more than others. And I know you've been involved in all kinds of journeying and all kinds of rituals. So I'd love to hear about some of your experiences, about what integration means for you, what can you tell people, and yada, yada, yada. 
So, who wants to start? Rich. Um, well, before I started journeying here in this, I was doing a lot of my own work on the periphery. I was kind of by myself uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, I think mainly because while I had an interest in it and I, and I knew... And I knew that uh, this was right for me. There was this like fear that uh, I wasn't ready to do this amongst other people. Mm-hmm. Like somehow I had to clean myself up emotionally or spiritually before I could join a group of people whom I thought were going to know more about this than I knew. And, and I would come into this space and people were like, oh, that guy's an amateur. He doesn't really belong here. Um, Wait, 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 wait. I lost you. Just because maybe I wasn't listening right. Who who would say that? Well, I just had this image in my head that I would play. Like if I if I tried to join a group of people who were doing the same thing that I wanted to do, that I would risk being exposed as um, a fraud or someone who is clearly not at the level to do this kind of work. Okay. And so what I told myself was, well, I'll just do it by myself so that nobody else can see me. Nobody else can watch me. Um, so what you're saying is before even doing that journey work with whoever you do that with. Right. You, 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 you were concerned about what people would think about you, like right. if you were ready enough. Right. Where'd you get that idea? I'm just curious. Like um, how were you introduced to this sort of work? That How, you thought people would be judging you. Why did I think people yeah. would be um, Just a, a lack of, of confidence in myself that, that, well, it was a common theme okay. in my life okay. that um, whatever group situation I'm in, um, it will be noticeable that I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Okay, got and it. And everybody else does. Got it. And so... Um, you would do it yourself then? Yeah, I would. I would journey with my own, myself alone with technologies, whatever. Um, sacred substances. Yeah, sacred substances. Doing it all on my own. You're laughing, so it was a little recreational. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. No, it was all you know recreational, okay. but there was still like this this wall that I kept hitting, and what I realized when I started journeying with other people was that um, I was going to be embraced. And were you? I was going to be welcome. I was, which kind of took me into a whole other realm of fear, which was that, well, now there is no excuse. <laughs> what if people expect something now? <clears throat> right. You know, and, and I kept for for a long time when i for, when i was first journeying i i kept looking for the signs that you know um, eventually realizing that that um i was setting myself up for for failure and other people were simply just acting like they were welcoming me it was just a whole just a whole game in my wow. head um that's great i'm glad you're sharing that because when I was doing this, that kind of work, that wasn't part of my process. I can share later. But I, I can imagine a lot of people, like probably tons of people, 
have have had the same or still do have the same fears going into a ceremony. Some people are not even haven't done it yet. They're just listening to this and they're thinking, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going through. It was the same kind of feeling I had every every new year of going to school, like okay. starting school again every new year. It was that same dread, that same fear of, of starting a new school year and and being in a group of people that you just you were waiting for them to see you screw up somehow uh, and what was your experience like ultimately uh, well i can i can remember vividly the first uh couple of journeys um, I, can, i can remember vividly when when that first shift came okay. when i basically said i don't I don't, well, first, I don't give a damn what other people are going to think of me in this space, but then also realizing that whatever I do in this space will be uh, honored by everybody else in the space. Um, and it was a particular journey. It might have been like second or third or something like that, that I was sitting on a couch, and it was in the very beginning, so people weren't fully in the, they were just talking, laughing, And whatever I had, had taken came on very f fast and just started crying. And the first thing I did was look around to see if anybody was looking at me um, with any kind of judgment of like, you know, get on board with everybody else. We're all laughing and talking and you, yeah. you start crying. So my first reaction was to go find a space in a dark corner somewhere. And But what'd you do? Well, I didn't. I, I was like, I... No, screw that. I'm going to sit here on the couch and I'm going to cry. Cry. That's that's my that's where I'm at. And uh but it was it was weird because I, even though I was in that space of crying, I was still monitoring the room to see what and nobody you know, I I kind of realized like, you know, I'm not really the center of attention. Not here. yet anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like part of it is an egotism also. You know, you along with that fear is this egotism like everybody's watching me and i realized that no it's 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 a shared space and so, so what well, so what you're saying is this because there's a lot of people we didn't even get to integration you even saying walking into your first ceremony because there's a lot of people out there and i know i actually do share that with you i am my worst fear has been used to be was most of the time the following i was afraid of people making fun of me oh yeah so i guess i do have that with yeah. you And perhaps I didn't feel that walking into my first ceremony, but I definitely feel that throughout my, I used to feel that most of the time throughout my life. So people who relate to that, which is many, 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 many people, what is your advice to them going into their first ceremony or starting to do this kind of work? Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it? I know it sounds, it sounds kind of cliche and simple, but really... Um, don't worry about it i mean i know it's 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 easy to say but you know me saying that and and meaning it you know um it it's really been powerful because what i've been able to do now is when i go into any kind of situation where i have to actually enter a room or enter a space where there are other people and have to interact with somebody i i may not know uh, i don't have that same Dread. sense of fear or dread i just go into the space and there i am and i interact it's more natural it's more flowing um 
And that's because of the practice and the experience that you gave yourself and allowed yourself yeah. to feel. That's the difference between journeying, for me, journeying mm -hmm. in community and, and journeying by myself. Because what the journey in community did was it challenged me. It put the challenge before me and it said, here, work with this. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not all about, although there is that, that, you know, the cosmic stuff and the, and meeting God and, and all these things that can happen. It also is really about human interaction with other people. And that's where I, I began realizing that's where I was lacking mm. and, and being in the journey space helped me um, take that out into the rest of the world and be able to do my work better, my job, my my interactions with family. Like to be able to go to uh, visit my sister and my mom and all that for Thanksgiving or Halloween or whatever and not really get uh, bothered by anything that's going on with them and actually have a good time. Although it sounds kind of, no, you know, everything like it's not, it really was a, it has always been a challenge for me and it's become a lot easier. We know the holidays are very stressful for that reason. Oh, yeah. They're stressful not because you have a lot of stuff to do. They're stressful because there's a lot of ways to fail. There's a lot of, yeah. there's many people who may expect something else from you. So, um, Rich, first of all, thank you for your vulnerability and it's a, it's, it's such an important reminder and letting people know that that fear that they may have of being judged and not being liked or not being good enough, not being wise enough, not being smart enough, what we are telling you, Integration Nation, is that you're fine. Go with that. You are safe in that. You are recommending, because I work with people that come from many different schools of journeying and shamanism, so the sp particular group that you're working with, in this example, it does it in community. And you highly suggest that is what you're saying because it's given you a an opportunity to to really live and experience what you do in real life, but in a in a space where you're being held and supported to go through your fears and see that you're still okay and you're held and embraced and you weren't kicked mm. out of the room because you're mm. not smart enough. It's a it's a great space to experiment in. Um. You know, if I tried to do all of this in the beginning on the subway or at my job, it 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 wouldn't have. Well, I'll just say this: the journey space is a very safe space to do that experimenting, and, and even if it gets a little, um, if you get a little edgy. weirded by something or edgy, even that's okay. Yeah, like there is no, there is no uh, sense of that's not acceptable like you can feel edgy and it's exactly the right thing well, at the right you. time when we get back after the quick break we will talk about maybe with Fred and whoever else can join us what helped you what helps you because you had the experience but you still need reminders and tools and, and uh, resources to bring you back into your heart to a place of calmness Beloved child, go out, spread light to the world. Be strong, be kind, be brave. Know your mind, 
Interesting discussion during the break about journeys without medicine, and I'd love to hear your experiences. Both. Yay! Yeah. Well, first off, I'd like to thank Oria and Sam for inviting me here to speak and share my experiences of journeys. Let's see. When I think of it, integration, I think about the practices that I have harnessed thus far and how they got me from point A to where I am now. And that's a good bit down the alphabetical line. And I'm thankful to be in this space. Um, I have journeyed with, you know, shamanic practices and such, and they have been very supportive, specifically when I first awakened in 2010. However, in 2012, I was experiencing this intense energy coming out of my hand, and I had to say, you know, if, if Harry Potter has a school, there has to be one for me, too. So I knew there had to be something out there that could support me in obtaining and using tools to harness my energy. And that's where I came into contact with a mystery school. And I began to do journeys, go on journeys and take classes like astral traveling and sacred geometry and so forth. And when you go into that space, it's a multidimensional space and it's literally a journey. And then you're journeying on and with that energy until the next training, dragon magic or mermaid magic or whatever it is, calls you forward. And some magics and practices and journeys come along and you're not drawn to it. And then other ones do. And it's like, whoa, this is my next step or my journey. So, yes, there are many types of journeys. I think every moment in life is really, I feel like we're in school and life is a playground it's a classroom but it's a rec room you know yeah and and that's and it's so important for people to bridge our worlds together and take what we learn in the mystery school into everyday life which you seem to be doing yes that's indeed. actually you know you you may not want to talk about what you do but that is what you do yeah, yeah. I utilize magic on a daily basis, manifestation and channeling and harnessing my energy literally to manifest, not only for myself, but for the community, but then also my projects. Actually, having, I'm thinking of like my project now, the the gentleman who's producing, it's a, an app, a social media app, he's always considered himself atheist, hmm. right? But then he calls upon me to do magic and and utilize what I've learned from all these different types of journeys on behalf of the project so yeah it's a real thing you know like you want to be free we we can work nine to fives if that's what's in our highest excitement but there are other ways to tune into manifesting abundance and beauty in our realities where we're just simply utilizing our god-given gifts which is our birthright our superpowers whether it's being savvy with numbers or playing the piano or being intuitive like we can do exactly what we love and create abundance if we believe it to be so so it is yeah um, so uh, go ahead oh, oh no i was just i, I was going to say I've, I've noticed from this journey that i've been doing that i have been able to or i've developed all kinds of skills that i used to fantasize about or had this kind of intuitive notion that I, I used to do it when I was a really little kid, but somehow I got out of touch with it. 
and now it's all coming back as if it's uh, the most natural thing for me like this is what this is what it means for me to play in the world um you know i don't know communi- okay. communicating with trees and rocks and uh coming into contact with you know in in a dream state coming into contact with entities and all kinds of all kinds of stuff that i find like exhilarating and fascinating for me because i feel like i'm in my play space like this is what i was kind of made to to do and it just seems natural now more than just a more than just a fantasy that i used to have so um because i think there's an openness i allow myself to be more open and um I used to feel that more in the journey space, but now I'm feeling that outside of that, you know, that particular journey space. When you're at a journey, I feel it more natural now. Like there's this looseness that's allowed me to do these things. Is there anything that that's been helping you as a practice to bring you back to that state, or is it just your awareness and your imagination that fuels it? Um, I think mainly it's been the the practice that I've been doing with my body physically, there's been this parallel between this openness, um, I guess you could call it magic, I call it magic, and this openness in the magic that I've been able to do lately, paralleled with a, a physical opening in my body that was definitely a part of the journeying and, is, and has definitely changed my yoga practice. I don't wake up uh, feeling sore anymore. Like and and stiff and tight. Like I used to think, like, oh, this is normal. Like this is what you know when you when you're sleeping for eight hours and your body doesn't move, you get up and it's normal that you're you're sore and all that. And I realized that it's not. I get up in the morning, very loose and and open in my body and my yoga practice. It's the same way. I'm getting into poses in ways that I couldn't do before. But then there's also this parallel with the flexibility that I have with being able to allow this magic into my into my life these experiences that I'm having I'm more open to them and they're happening more often now so it sounds like the, these peak experiences of community really give you the permission to just be you yeah. and the practice when I when I saw that I was allowed or, or I, I was I could encouraged. allow myself to to be open in this journey space and to play, and I gradually realized that nobody was going to judge me for it. Nobody was going to come down on me, and then I was like, well, okay, then why am I coming down on myself? Why am I judging myself? And and that just led to a whole awareness of how I've just been continuously judging myself, continuously telling myself that I can't do that, I can't experience this, it's wrong, it's crazy, it's whatever. Um, and that all just all started to go away. So for you, the self-awareness that you experienced, or the self-knowledge that you've accumulated during these experiences where you get to see yourself, and, and, and in some way, it sounds like, like everyone else, because people think, this from my experience, people think they're going to go into a ceremony or a session and everything is going to be hunky-dory. And the truth is, I've, I have also found from working with a lot of people my favorite way has become definitely to do this kind do this kind of work in community because what happens is you actually repeat all the same patterns that you do in real life, but instead of taking it three years, it may take you three hours. Yeah. And 
that's where all the education and the knowledge and the mystery comes in because you get to see yourself and the help doesn't necessarily comes in as an epiphany from the outside but as you guys notice the help really comes in from your own compassion for yourself for whatever process you're in and if you're blessed and fortunate enough which you are obviously to be around some loving kind people mm -hmm. then you take that into everyday life and you go oh this is my reference point for trusting myself believing in myself realizing that i am supported nobody really cares what i'm doing or not except you me i am my own worst critic so for you integration has really been the process of believing what you're experiencing and just slowly i don't know if it's been slow or not for you but there must have been a shift where you stopped caring what people think about you outside journey space or did it just happen almost immediately uh, it happened during a time where i wasn't when i when i moved into this new space and i wasn't journeying as much as i had before there was a long yeah. like, like a six month integration period yeah and i got really i got really scared because i was like what am i gonna do I, I up to this point i've been journeying every month i got to get to the next journey and then this immense uh, depression and fear came on me and i felt like i was going back to what i was before i started journeying and oh i definitely got to get to a journey and then i don't know something happened where this is this voice inside of me that said you know why do you always have to go to a journey to fix something mm. you know? what if you just got up tomorrow morning and pretended at least at the start that there was nothing wrong with you and you were fine there was nothing to heal nothing to fix nothing you just you you did it and I really, I literally, I got up the next morning and things just kind of shifted from there. And that's when I had my first experience with, I, I call it communication. I don't know, sharing energy with this, this rock out in the park that just, it was amazing. I, um, and from there, it, the focus switched from trying to fix myself to experiencing myself to, you know, the, the, the furthest degree like taking myself out for a test drive and not holding back. And so it was really good for me, I think, not to not to journey during that time period because when I did finally go back to a journey after that, that period, I, I noticed that my view of the journey was much different, that it was more of a, it was more playful. Mm. Like there was less of a of a goal or a need to fix something like i could go and actually play and have some fun and and um not worry that i was going to hurt somebody because that was a big fear that i was at oh my god if i actually let myself go i'm going to hurt somebody and i realized i've realized that that's not in my nature to hurt people it's just not there um so it's just been giving myself permission. I imagine that, you know, what, you're somebody who's listening to this show, you're listening to this podcast, and they really, really, really get clarity on what this process is just from your sharing. And I really want you to take it in and appreciate it because knowing that it does take six months of not coming back into the same spaces just so you can see who are you mm -hmm. what have you learned what have you become what can you implement right now and as simple yet so profound decision to say what if i acted like everything is okay what if i 
actually became, at least even faking it, what I felt mm-hmm. to be true during one of those peak experiences. And what you're saying, that decision alone just catapulted you into a whole new reality where your magic, your communication, your engagement with life, your dance with life really came back in a way that you've only fantasized about. And then the next realm, the next phase of your spiritual journey became more play. And that is why we do this work. Know you are love Rest in peace Dream your sweet dreams Till your soul is released Know you are loved Rest in peace Dream your sweet dreams Listen to this song, the entire podcast Because then you wouldn't really need We wouldn't need to talk so much but you were saying something kind of whispering I was saying I wish we could bounce back and forth a bit more as in conversation it, it, it takes a couple of years to get comfortable <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we are integrating live we are going out of our heads and into serving and there is something about well if we were downstairs and just talking it would be so profound and so funny and so nice but we come here we put the headphones on we talk in front of mics and we freeze and mm. that's okay that's okay. Like, it's fine. It's the, the most difficult part of integration is acting as if and sharing and not being selfish. And let's face it, the whole wake-up process is about realizing that we're here to contribute. We're here to provide value by who we are and expressing ourselves. For me, integration is doing this, sharing. is getting out of my own way. And realizing that all of the medicine work and all of the integration circles I've been involved in is only so I have a little bit courage to tell Sam, hey, I'd like to come on. Well, no, when Sam invites me to come to the podcast to say yes. Hmm. And that's a big deal. Hmm. And perhaps we don't know where the show is going to go. We may attract specifically entrepreneurs and creatives and artists who, and I keep finding them and they keep finding us, who really just want to do their art and not feel shy about it. They want to be creative and be a part of community and support and, 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 and not feel ridiculous that they want to be supported for it. That's, that's my passion and my dream, just seeing people do their thing because all I want to do is this and share and inspire and connect and engage. Yeah, and you're, I think uh, everybody's kind of like hinting at like a formula that I see is kind of playing out. Um, and have either of you guys watched... Um, the Netflix show Jessica Jones. Yes, no, I no. just finished watching the whole. Oh, that is so good, because you know that speaks to like um, a new archetype of superheroes being born. You know, when she figures out she has this superhuman strength, her her bestie, what's her bestie's name? Patsy. What's her real name? Trish. What's be- the superhero power? She's really strong. Like she she looks like um, like what does she look like? Like kind of like a hipster Brooklyn girl. Mm-hmm. With like boots, leather jacket, kind of like looks like she smells kind of bad too, but she looks badass. And but she's really strong. She can like jump over buildings and like hit people really hard. And she's a private eye. And her her bestie Trish is like, uh, hey, uh, you got to go out if you're gonna be out and be a superhero. You need a costume. You need an identity. She's like, screw that. I'm going out there as myself. This is who I am. Um, and that just says like, 
you know, because I'm, I'm an astrologer, studying astrologer, and I look at this, I'm like, you know, what does this say about the archetypes that are emerging in this age? This is like, people are not afraid to hide who they are. Like, I go out and I put out on my business card, I gave to Sam, it's like, accountant, Frederick Steinman, CPA, accountant, astrologer, consultant. And I, I accidentally walked into a hedge fund pitch meeting maybe a month ago to pitch this new uh, project I'm working on or just to talk about it, but I didn't realize I was going to be pitching it. And we spent like 15 to 20 minutes talking about astrology and how do I use astrology with accounting. So for you, integration is merging yeah. your you know, skills as an accountant with your passion and you know, exploding gift as an astrologer. Yeah, it's just learning how to be myself. And then as I'm more and more authentic with myself, as my inner and outer worlds are in harmony, that it's, it's a proven formula. Like I'm studying about this too, like the, the science, um, the hidden science of consciousness about you attract the people in your life that you need without any sort of effort. It just kind of happens. Like today, we're talking about this show. Like for me, no effort to be on the show. My wife saw it pop up on Facebook. Oh, go. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, that was no effort. I'm like, that seems to be in the flow. I'll show up. I'm like, I don't know what I'll say. I was nervous for like the first 30 minutes or so, but I knew I was settling. Yeah, that's how we have the second hour. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm just warming up. It's all by design. Life knows how to take care of us. Mm-hmm. It really that's does. It. Can we speak about the flow? Please. Since you brought it up, we were speaking about it earlier. I It was vaguely mentioned per se that... Oftentimes the flow, if you were to hold its natural way of operation up to and compare it to, say, Christianity or Catholicism or any set idea of the way things should operate and flow, it's not going to line up. But it's what naturally happens. And it's so beautiful, like the divine flow or just the natural synchronicities that occur all throughout the day and how things align. And you hear the same words, you see the same numbers, like these little symbols, per se. It's like omens that help us connect the dot. So it is neat because part of myself before really with the medicine journey when we in, I've stayed away from it is because I know that the teacher, the God energy essence is within me. So I've been hesitant to look outside of myself or outside of what just comes naturally in downloads or meditations and so forth. And partaking in a particular medicine journey one time in community this heart-centered journey, this heart medicine, has been so healing. And at first I was very skeptical, but then you go in and it's, you know, it didn't spike me or drop me. It just was like a smooth journey and reminded me of what it feels like on even a higher level to be embodying divinity. And if I can tune into that once... The space, the margin of space and frequency between me and that reality where I was feeling divinity for hours straight to where I am now and this present reality with all of you in this space, the margin between that, the frequency, it's not so grand, it's not so wide. So if I can reach that, it shows me, okay, this is my next level of experiencing godhood in the human form. Yeah, so... I don't know why I'm sharing that exactly with that. Yeah. Because that's what we are all looking for. We are Ah. all looking for flow where we are being guided by life, where we just surrender to not having to do so much and just show up to what we are being called to do. 
There you go, the good old flow. Yeah. So let's keep flowing, y'all. Yeah. Regardless if others agree or not. Well, there are journeys, particularly recently, the last couple of journeys where I've just sat in the middle of the space and just radiated um, without having to get up and do anything or act in a particular way, just sitting there radiating the most amazing bliss and happiness and joy not just for myself but for everybody else in the space and just it's just an, uh, such an amazing sense of being this god this this godhood that you that you can just sit there in this space and not have to do anything but just radiate goodness and it almost gets kind of mystical or or um Almost. Almost. Well, I mean, in, in speaking about it, you know, it's it's sometimes it's it's difficult to put that experience into words because the words are we've used them so many times and limiting per se, right? Can but be. the the experience itself is just so. Well, there is really a way. Can't be doubted. I, you know, um, and when you speak about this this godhood. Um, it's very, I used to think it was so far away, but it's right here. Uh-huh, it's, it's very imminent. Right, it's right. very here. Um, it, it's so close that it's, you, there is no distance between it. It's just there. Um, right. Do you experience this flow in everyday life? Or is there a big contrast still? Which is okay either way. No, there are there are moments where I just feel so I don't know amazing. How so about how about just your life in general? Is there a dance? Do you feel? Is there you know? Do you expect things to happen, or do you just you allow for things to happen? Have you been able to carry and that that sense of trust and godhood into every day and? If not, that's cool because thousands of people, that's exactly what they need help with and we can talk about that. But No, I, I have. I mean, I, I've found myself in situations on the subway or in public where there is a situation between myself and another person or between the people I support in my job and another person that they've triggered where all I have to do, and it's not intentional, it's just all of a sudden I find myself just looking at this person, this other person, and somehow the situation just calms itself. I don't know what I'm doing, per se. I'm not trying to do anything. It just kind of happens. Well, Uh, Lilith knows what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I call it uh, allowing our bodies to be used as fit receptacles or mm. a vessel for divine energy to flow through. So I see us as hands and feet of the gods. And every human, you know, or one human family, like it's literally every human in their core, this orb, this source energy is right here within the center of each of us, you know. And quantum physics has various ways of affirming that. So I flow with it, you know, and you see energy too, and you can feel it when something's out of alignment, when something's right. If it's right, go with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe 10 years down the road or 10 weeks, it'll feel right. But right now, if it doesn't, you know, just go with what feels positive and remembering that we are divine beings innately, always. Yeah. It's easy. Just remind, 
look in the mirror or have pictures of goddesses or deities around and hang out with people who speak about these things and if they're not our realities in this present moment we can manifest them draw them to us and that's what we call community it reminds me of the divine aspect of myself when i look at others in community aho aho I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. Out of darkness, light are pumping, 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 pumping. Into white light, all things running, 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 running. And welcome, Being Community Radio. How you guys doing? It's been a while. It's been a while. I've actually skipped a few shows here and there with all the holidays and my insecurities. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to take a holiday for my insecurities and be here with you guys. And we have Lilith, Fred. I keep forgetting your name, Fred. We, we need to see each other more often. And, of course, Richard Rand. And we, have, uh, we want to talk about flow. We want to talk about peak experiences and integrating them and what that all of that means to us. And the... Uh, prized, uh, p- uh, sought-after state of, I want to say flow again, where we know things are going right, where we know when the right time and the right place, where things come to us, we don't have to go fight for them, where we recognize the relationships, events, people, things that are coming our way as a direct response to our imagination, to our beliefs of ourselves, and more importantly, whatever is aligned with our highest good, highest value, highest purpose. And right before the show started, Lilith was talking about entering godhood and experiencing just this state of peace where you know everything is okay. And some of the work that you've done, Lilith, in just getting to that place where you're always this uh, fairy-like Vaguely, yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I, so I grew up in Alabama in Christianity. And I tend to use the word defini- di- divinity, divinity quite often. And that is because growing up in Christianity, I was always taught and it was said that we're separate from source, right? Or that God is like this big old man that stands above us and judges us and so forth. And I always felt uneasy with that. I always felt a good bit of guilt and shame and not knowing why because I always felt like a positive person but according to the church I wasn't so it didn't quite resonate or make sense and then when I became 19 I flew to California and ended up in Ocean Beach San Diego and I that's where I partook my first psilocybin journey and got a lot of clarity as to what the ego was and lots of good details and there on a cliff one day I came to the space where I was willing to release the concept of guilt and shame and I was willing to do whatever it took to serve or to be divine or feel connected to grace and peace and joy inside. And in that moment, I was like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And my gut, this voice from within me that would perk up every other time said, you know, you don't really want to know. And usually I would distract myself when I would get to that space of honesty. And this time I was like, no. I do want to know. In that moment, I kind of like cringed and waited for all the like hellfire and brimstone to pour down on me. 
And it wasn't that though. It was the opposite. Like the voice, it was a voice within me spoke out and it literally said the words were forget everything you know, forget everything you've ever been told. All that exists is me and you listen to me and you'll be all right. And that voice came from within me. And with it, I literally had this white bag come from the sun and I could see it almost like it went up my nose or like into my brain and encompassed my brain. And as it was pulling out, like it came out of my forehead and going into the sun. And I'm serious. I'm seeing this all in a very physical reality. Okay. I just got off work, parked my car, was standing watching the sunset and this all happened. So the point that I'm making is that in that space... I felt my oneness with the creator and my connection to God on a very physical level and real level when I was willing to give up my attachment to shame and guilt and dogma and so forth. So when I was willing to face that and let it all go, spirit was like, okay, here, now you can feel peace and satisfaction and joy and love and so forth. And from that day forward, it's been a constant, it was very vivid kind of awakening you know it was very it's very constant how divinely led everything is and what we really are even if i'm not always in my highest light which i have you know areas that i'm working through and i don't think about it until it comes up and then it's like wait a second i could be handling the situation much better you know and you go back and address it so it's like forgiving ourselves moving forward but whatever we do don't let guilt and shame stick around like if ever there's something comes up and it doesn't feel good, go ahead and know it's from the lower self and don't feed it. Don't give any heed to it. Just like focus on positivity, love, and light. It really is that simple. And if something does come up that we need to address, just address it. And then let it be like water off a duck's back and keep on going. Well, oh. you did that in four minutes. And people spend a lifetime <laughs> trying to free themselves from guilt and shame and i say four minutes kind of jokingly but it sounds like i I still don't understand how you uh, i'd love to hear if there was a transition from i mean unless it was that moment in the parking lot like were you in a state of guilt and shame prior to that that you were really afraid of what can come and punishment and all of that stuff because i grew up in the same way so i'm just curious was it really just that experience in the parking lot that uh, catalyst yeah. Yeah. It like prior to that, I had started tuning into organic foods and I had boxed up all of my fancy, shiny jewelry and mess that was all like, okay, you're supposed to look this way and dress this way and walk this way per se. I boxed it up and I brought it and donated it and then went and shopped at a local like thrift store. And Ocean Beach is like a little hippie town on the cliffs in, there in San Diego. And so I had started to awaken, um, listening to reggae music, going from country to reggae, you know. And I started to awaken, but this actual moment was like when the light switch flipped on. And then since then, the experiences have only gotten more and more intense. But I think the moral of the story is making space for light, for the feeling of being one with the divine. We actually have to make space for it. And sometimes that means releasing old habits, old perspectives, old thought patterns that are limiting. Just letting it go. If it doesn't serve us, just let it go so that we can continue to evolve. Like we're a human race. We're here on the planet to evolve, to bridge per se the divinity like we come from the higher realms with the physical experience so let our bodies be a vessel for these two energies to merge in into oneness you're a community builder you're a manifester a professional manifester right i mean you're a full-time magician uh, i got to 
meet you recently, but in some ways it feels like we have been doing this kind of work for a long time. Each of us doing our own work in our own corners until we're ready to actually build and co-create. And now a lot of us, a lot of us coming back together to work with each other. And I am happy to really be able to talk to you about integrating your background of dogma, guilt, shame into, it sounds like you somehow managed to still use a lot of what you've learned growing up and you just, you just use the positive. Is that correct? Something That's like correct, that? That's correct, yeah. And, and did you have support? Did you, did you just, you, did you, I mean, did your prayers change? Did you stop praying one day and then you started praying again? Like, talk to me about that. For mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. I turned against the entire concept of God and Jesus and so forth for several years and then came back to it. And actually one day I, I, I was at my peak. I lived in Marina del Rey and lived in a beautiful condo and I was doing everything that, you know, they say if you do X, Y, and Z and you drive this car, you have this companion or whatever, you'll be happy. And if you look this way, you'll be happy, right? So there was a moment of realization that I had met what my goal was or what I thought I had to do in order to be happy. And I was absolutely not happy. And I opened up the Bible and started searching for like some type of answer, direction, or peace. And it wasn't there. And I just slammed the Bible down. And I said, God, something's got to give. I screamed that. And literally, like that, within the next couple of days, I lost my, my like, or next couple of days to next couple of weeks, my job, my car got totaled, all these, one thing after the other happened. And then that's when I landed in Ocean Beach. So it's been a multiple of like really intense, precise moments that's brought to that awareness. I don't really know why this matters, though. So you're saying flow doesn't necessarily look gentle. Sometimes yeah, exactly. life corrects itself and chaos. It looks like chaos, but what seemed like chaos was actually what you were praying for. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what it's like. Sometimes when light hits us, it, it shatters things, right? So it's like the light brings crack or intensity mm, experiences bring cracks that let the light through. So sometimes someone could be in a pinch and you could be honest with them and it's not what they want to hear and they explode, but you walk away like, ooh, okay, that's going to take a little bit to set in, but I know it's going to do a lot of good after they sleep on it. It's going to click tomorrow and they're going to be like, yes, liberation, I get it, okay. And then they keep moving forward, you know. So uh, one thing I would say when I was young, I would say either this is going to break me or it's going to make me. And by George, it's going to make me. (laughs) So it is. We let life either get us down and bitter and turn to outside sources to heal that in moderation is positive but always remembering that it comes from within yeah and our gut letting our gut guide us what a great reminder for all of us doing spiritual work especially on tuesdays when things get tough what did lilith just say is this that what's the question so you're feeling you're not feeling good things are feeling contracted again you ask yourself is this going to break me or will the light finally break me open, shine through me? And that's a question that we can all ask ourselves every day with every challenge. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, utilize it to heal ourselves. Utilize the challenges, the stress. Mm-hmm. It's like, puck, yeah, like this is fire. You see a diamond or a crystal, and it's there under the earth, and it goes through a lot of heat and a lot of pressure for a really long time, and then eventually it, it arises, you know? emerges and there it is so beautiful beautiful enough to wear around one's neck you know it's something to be proud of and that's what we are we're crystals we're liquid water or we're liquid water we're liquid water is liquid crystals per se so there's many ways that the dots connect around in this philosophy or perspective you you, you guys are into crystals well, what is, i want to hear crystals 
I I have. So I actually, I stopped. I mean, for a little while, I was buying crystals and stones at shops and stuff, and it just wasn't really doing anything for me. I was like, yeah. And then I, when I moved, and I was just hanging out a lot in this park, this really nice kind of deep woodlands park out where I live. I was just walking one day, and I found this tree. And this is this is after I had started really communicating with trees and rocks a lot. I, I found this tree that had like split in half, and one half had fallen. And I was just kind of looking inside where the roots were, and I noticed that there was this big stone sticking out of the ground. So I dug it out, and it was like this big kind of pinkish crystal that was in the shape of a heart. I showed it. Oh, I, sh- I yeah. And um, I... <laughs> it was the situation where I became very um, excited and um, amazed, and it was very um, childlike, which kind of shook me a little bit because I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, but it, it's it been a – I've used it in my own kind of private journeys and, and home the crystal the rock yeah. so you picked it up you took it yeah. so, so now it's back in your life yeah so earth came back to you winked at you and you somehow mm-hmm. you said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna follow my heart i'm gonna follow my instinct i'm gonna pick it up and now it's become a friend of yours mm-hmm. you allowed yeah. yourself to be mesmerized by its magic it's I, glisten it uh, drew you in but there was this brief moment where i was like not again. No, but well, it was almost like a return to this childhood, very young age, where I was amazed with everything, and I was like thrilled with everything, and everything be- was magical, and it, everything that I was discovering was for me to discover, and it was a little, f- little frightening, um, because it was so good. I was like, "What's going on here?" Um, but yeah. Good. So, you know, we go from too good to be true to it's so good it must be true. Mm-hmm. In the moon of the biting trees, I was gifted new eyes to see all of the shifting shape and ways you can be. Wake the dreams into realities. Wake the dreams into realities. Sunset diamonds trickle down our cheeks. The language of no words is how we speak. Fred, we haven't seen you in a while. It's good to see you in the studio. You know, I'll tell you, I'm happy I didn't see you in a while in some ways because you have so much wisdom to give. Uh, my mother and I are very in tune, a lot of the same processes. She's all the way in Israel. We don't talk that often. And yet, for example, I called her up yesterday, and all she said, it's happening fast, doesn't it? And I said, yeah, it's happening very fast. And we were just talking about how we're experiencing so many changes so fast that it's really almost, for her, she described it because maybe it's her age or where she comes from. She describes it as a completely new paradigm, a completely new way to relate to the world. Language is changing. For me, it feels like finally things that have been deep, deep lodged in my imagination, fantasy, wishes, and dreams are finally actually happening in front of my eyes. So it feels fast to me because there are so many things that I like that are happening at the same time. 
and maybe just a frequency that makes it seem fast um i don't know what it's like for my mother but i'm asking you because you're you are an astrology wizard what is happening out there what's going on in here Ooh, that's a great question what's going on i guess in terms of the overall acceleration of everyone's consciousness oh sorry in terms of sorry in terms of yeah why did i apologize that was i apologize for no reason but anyway talk about it (laughs) yeah so you're talking about the overall just quickening that's happening Yes. Oh, I'm asking you. Yeah. What What is and when you, if you were to do a reading or some magic session, we can do it just for us because you do know us, or for the world at large. What is happening? Because there's definitely something ha- happening. I don't watch politics. I don't watch too much of the news, but I just I was somewhere and there was some politics on TV, and it was the first time, literally, this p- season of politics that I saw people speaking at a podium. And it made me like nauseous. It didn't even <laughs> seem real. It really yeah. didn't seem real. It felt like it was a bad TV show. That oh yeah. Somehow I am in. <laughs> but you know, so if that, if like you came to me with that, I'd say it seems like you know you're you're kind of seeing the pattern and like the stage. You know, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You're seeing behind the curtain. You're like, this is all bullshit. These guys don't really do that. You know, you're you're an intuitive. A wizard yourself it and you feels could like it's like it, it really feels like that the people who I see on stage they're not even real they're literally oh, yeah. the worst or best or weirdest versions of myself that mm-hmm. are getting recognized by the public yeah exactly they're playing out like um kind of like the collective unconscious in some way like there is like like donald trump's running on and he's getting a lot of popularity like this phenomenon from like an astrological perspective i find fascinating because he has like an unaspected Pluto in the 12th house, which, it, um, how do I put this into his layman's terms? Give me a second here. Let me translate. It's like he is this vehicle for the collective unconscious is uh, fear of losing everything. They're like, he's a billionaire. He's going to save us. They kind of look outside themselves for this savior archetype and somebody who's going to lead a military and ward off these foreign invaders. And that's like very strong signature in Trump's chart. He's got like Mars conjunct the ascendant. It's like, he's like a, he's like a warrior and also it's something kind of interesting. And I, I kind of hope the collective, like America doesn't have to have this experience, but they say that presidents have very strong aspects to uh, the USA's Pluto in its chart. And Donald Trump's Saturn is like exactly opposite. So like the plutocrats are like the people who are kind of like running the stage behind the scenes who put like the wizard behind the court curtain might say like, you know, they have their own. I, I believe personally, I don't know if this is true or not, but I believe that they have their own wizards, astrologers kind of mapping out. Oh, this guy could serve a purpose. This guy would be good for this. He'd be good for that. You know, he'd play the role that we need to be played at this time. Mm, that's interesting because. I like what you're saying, and I want to talk about it for a little bit longer because I don't have, and I, I'm really the I have people watching politics and watching sports and getting so heavily involved in other people, thinking that you really know what's going on with other people has always been so it's just waste of time for me. And I don't mean it like in I'm better than that way. I just feel kind of weird how we feel that we really know what's going on with someone else. However. Trump definitely symbolizes our what America really oh, is like the, a lot of America really considers power 
and that it doesn't really matter what you say. It's how much money you have. It's the confidence. It's the charisma. And it's almost like people say out loud that they don't like Trump, but then they actually do. Meaning what people are looking for is leadership and they don't know any other leadership but this like stern like tough dad sort of thing mm-hmm. like and israel actually experienced something very similar hmm. people were very surprised that the bb was voted in because there were so many other choices in israel and yet he votes i mean he won in such a landslide and what i realized that what people want is a tough dad right now because they rather deal with somebody who just, you know, is at least faking their, their, their confidence and just saying, hey, I'm not nice. I don't need to be nice. I'm here. I'm going to lead this. And, and pe- people want certainty. And there's not, there's not a lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. So if people had to choose between kindness and compassion and mean certainty, it seems that we are right now going after whoever feels the most confident, whoever, you know, is the combination of all of our dreams combined with, an, uh, with, with our sense of safety and insecurities. So Trump is getting this. And for me, Trump is not a real, he's just a guy. He's not a problem. Trump is really a reflection of our, you know, competitive, uh, mm-hmm. successful, selfish, but yet all about wealth and taking care of one another in a new way that's really the old way and it's getting a lot of momentum for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and i like it i actually like it i don't like it from a i can't wait for trump to be president sort of way but i like it because it's so in our face it's in our face who actually we are who america actually is this is who we are not all of us obviously but this is America. Like, it's a one big the, the, well, the, theatrics of, <laughs> yeah. of characters, and Trump is the loudest. And I, I think what you're kind of seeing that you like, and perhaps, you know, you don't have um, a language for it or a frame of reference, but, you know, like the myth of Krishna, of Krishna being born, one of the uh, sages, like uh, the prophecy was that the eighth-born son of, I forget, this mother and father was going to be this deity um this avatar incarnating into human form and he was going to kill this king that was ruling over this king who was like a real real hard ass and like the king like at first was like oh worried afraid afraid and then eventually he calmed down he's like uh you know whatever i got some time they're only on kid number four kid number five whatever no big deal and then uh, this sage this wise person i forget the sage's name but he went in to this uh, unjust ruler's um, palace and just started triggering the hell out of him and being like, are you crazy? Uh, the eighth avatar of Vishnu is going to come down and kill you, and you're not afraid? What's the matter with you that you're not afraid? He like triggered him to the so point where he created this ripe environment of injustice and that this, like, fer- this soil of injustice was fertile for... Um, an avatar to incarnate into physical form and then once krishna incarnated then the world started to shift out of its darkness into its light and right now the way i kind of see it if you bring it up to a higher level you know you use the myths that at the end of the ages which we kind of are we're going from from pisces to aquarius that 
these uh, shifts, they're chaotic. A lot of a lot of things, crazy things happen, and things are going to have to get a little more bumpy until we get. Do they have to get bumpy, or do they just seem bumpy? They just seem bumpy. Right? You play you play it out on a large enough stage. It's, it's, it's just nothing. It's a joke. Yeah, it's like oh well, look, I'm part of. I'm watching this greatest cosmic drama unfold. I've got a front row seat. If I just put on my magician spectacles, I could watch it, observe it, and not get caught up in it caught up in that drama of that oh my god i'm gonna lose this i'm gonna lose that oh my god what happens with this what happens with my 401k and all that stuff it just seems like it really seems like that we are crying for help and in the best way it's because uh, w- we're looking at all the all the terrorism and you know i, I don't know what the st- statistics are but i bet actually i know some statistics but i bet that it's not any more it's probably a lot less than it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago in many aspects of the planet, we're just all connected and we all have the ability to focus and zero in on experiences because of the internet, because of our topics of choice, because of the election. So we're just zeroing in on what's important to us because we can focus on anything. It's true. Is there really more terrorism and chaos and destruction now than before? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, technically speaking... Yeah, it's almost like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Iron Man 3, but they talk about they have this, um, some social media company generated like this Mandarin, like it's like he was like an Osama bin Laden type guy. And uh, they're like, oh, he's going he's gonna, to uh, take over the world. And like there was like this power behind him. And like there was almost like a social media campaign of terrorism. And I, 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 you see that and like these news shows. What doesn't sit right with me is like these news shows get higher ratings from like the more fear that's going on in the world. It's like, how long is that going to last? But that's us. That's the thing. That's that's what we're talking about. How the, what's generate interest? What's generating the exposure is our own magnetism to it. We are attracted to it. It's mm. something that we're doing. So for us, all of this show, it's really showing us. Hey, what are you focusing on? What are we doing? What are we? Uh, what are we watching on TV? What are we expressing interest in? So what we are saying, when you use the Vishnu story and the Trump parallel, to we are coming face to face with the fact that we can destroy ourselves and we can heal ourselves. We have the power to destroy and refuse and build gate uh, build gates and build walls mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and really you know refuse refugees accept refugees mm-hmm. it's all nonsense there have been refugees all over the place it, it's all us we are the refugees it's our ability to really accept our own brothers and sisters who we have ignored for so long that they're literally just coming out and saying it's us it's me you gotta you know mm-hmm. accept me let me in and it's such a deep exercise and the human family to just really have a real topic of conversation that us sitting behind our TVs and just ignoring all of that won't work anymore. It's going to come to our houses and it has been. So it's a really great time for us to become aware of the power of our divinity, which includes destroying ourselves Mm -hmm. or saving us.
on this rather chaotic <laughs> edition of Being Community Radio with so many amazing and, and different community members. There is, though, sort of a common theme through all of this, isn't there? I mean, whether we're integrating in these peak spiritual experiences that we have in community or we're um, medi- having a deep meditation and having some deep spiritual insight, ultimately to, to ground this energy and to make it something that's really going to help us in our lives, we need to integrate it getting back to integration, we need to integrate it into what are we doing in between those experiences, don't we? Indeed. Is that what you feel? (laughs) Um, That's what I was observing uh, through my listening of all the conversations here. Yeah, Nice way of summing up. Oh. Go for it. Okay. And you brought up a good point. You know, like, what good are reaching these peaks of spirituality if we can't do something, you know, like the sun just progressed into Capricorn uh, at 11.56 or so last night. And Capricorn is one of the most mystical and spiritual signs, but it's more commonly known as like a very materialistic sign, like Martin Luther King saying, like, I have seen the mountaintop. And what did he do with all this spiritual knowledge? You know, he was a disciple of Mahatma Gandhi. Right. You know, he went into service of humanity. That's Capricorn moving into Aquarius. I'm going to take my these spiritual gifts because I can't hold on to it myself. Once you realize that you have these spiritual gifts, they have to be shared for everyone. That's just how it works or else it's going to blow up on you in some way or you're not going to be able to handle it. It's not a container. It like service to the collective is part of it. And then through service to the collective, you create this world savior archetype from healed people, heal people, heal people of Pisces. Right, but but Fred, you would talk. You mentioned before earlier about how the the archetypes are changing, though. That even though, um, yeah, we can learn a lot from the ancient myths and the ancient archetypes, and and they serve us, you know, up until this day. That they're evolving, and that the the new archetypes, right, the new mythologies that are being spawned today, are the Star Wars and the Star Trek and these new mythologies that are coming out that now serve humanity in a different way, don't they? They do, but you know, they are there's always a structure to it. There's like yeah. there's always like a common thread that translates and it, it it's a structure because it works. Like the top, like uh these avatars, you know, going back from like right. Rama to Vishnu to uh Buddha to Jesus, you know, they, they it goes like every age seems to have some sort of avatar and in Aquarius it's like it's almost like man gets to kind of be his own avatar to be his own savior because once he incarnates or not incarnates once he integrates his higher and lower self and builds a mechanism to contact his soul you know the soul creates healings of all things just around them but through just the presence of the soul so rich with with your experiences and you were so forthright before with what has really shifted and changed for you in, in, in such a positive way um, that being able to reconnect with things that you've been disconnected to so much in your life. Um, what do you do to sort of do you? Well, actually, I guess the question, do you do anything sort of consciously, purposefully to make sure that you keep that connection? Or it's sort of now that you've reconnected to that that boyhood magician inside of you is it just there and it just playing a, a, a part in your life 
Uh, I think that I, I would say now that it's just playing a part in my life because I'm not, although I, I love the idea of magic and I, the occult and, and that, and, and I see a tie in with, the mass and all that kind of stuff. And oh, the, and hold the on a second. Are we talking worked? about magic and the occult as in it's outside our regular life? No, it's very much okay. a part of, or it can be very much a part of your life easily. I mean, it, the, the old paradigm was that it, it wasn't. Like right. you had to go find a master on a mountain somewhere. Now it's, the we, paradigm is... It's here. It's here it's for everybody. All the time. Um, Spelling... Exactly, words. and but abracadabra. I, I don't personally. I don't get too caught up in the, the craft of it. Like the, I've got to do it exactly right, um, because that for me was the way that you know that worked in the Catholic Mass. You had to do it exactly right, say the right words, or else it wouldn't happen the correct way. And for me, I'm more of just I'm discovering more of a player in that. Like, I'm not worried if something doesn't go exactly the way I expect it to do when I'm doing my own personal well, let's journey. let's be honest. Uh, and uh, from your personal experience, it actually doesn't work. I mean, in the Catholic way, or I grew up in a Jewish way, and it's not about Jewish or Catholic, but I remember that you had to have specific words and repeat them in specific patterns, and I know that I get a lot more experience with doing, I mean, a lot more results by doing things my own way, and yet the few things that I did keep from my mm-hmm. tradition it's only there because I'm able to connect to it because I, you know, they're mine, not because somebody else told me. So, yeah, I, I'm very, I am, even though I don't, I don't let it rule my life. I am more conscious about the things I say, um, the words I use to express myself, um, uh, because I'm, I'm more sensitive to the fact that the words that we use the vibration of the words that we use can create um, cages for us that um, limit us in the way that we see ourselves and other people. So, I don't know. Well, you're saying it's, you're not going to let it rule your life, and what we are really speaking of is that it's always ruling your life. Your words, your thoughts, your emotions, specifically your words. Well, I don't know. I mean, if, you, if we talk about letting it flow... Well, it's ruling your life because it's creating. You cannot uncreate something if you're speaking it. Like, you know, in psychology or hypnosis, they say the mind doesn't think on negative. You can not think of a pink elephant. Everybody knows that example. It goes all the way to what unfolds in your life comes directly from what you say about your life and what you believe about your life. Oh, I, yeah, I definitely say things differently about my about my life now. Um but what we're talking about is just this awareness, this awareness that we are always, always, always creating our life oh, yeah. with our thoughts and words and feelings and emotions. And again, we're bringing it back to words. Lilith brought, brought up this. I heard it only one other time where the word spelling comes from, hmm. and it's to cast a spell, right? I mean, that's what I know it is, and do you know it the same way? Because that's what you said. You wanted to speak about spelling. Yeah, spelling. I want to go back a little bit, though, and comment on your statement 
regards to precision and how in the Catholic Church you had to say things a certain way. And then now that you're an adult, of course, that rigorous dogmatic way of operation doesn't resonate anymore now that you're awakened and so forth, right? Um, I have felt that way and in some ways do feel that way still. And at the same time, when I put aside my emotional like understanding or connection to precision and I look at it from an energetic perspective which is what I've had to start doing because there are actually a lot of things that I grew up with in religion that actually mm-hmm. flipping resonate and it, they draw it from esotericism mm-hmm. I'm like okay this is actually goes way back this isn't just Christianity right this goes all through the different perspectives and beliefs so I can't just diss it even though it's connected to Christianity there's still some truth to it so being comfortable with that left brain precision, this is the way it's got to be done kind of patriarchal perspective, can actually prove to be very beneficial to us on our individual journeys. Because if we look at frequency, connects us to alchemy. And in order for alchemy to take place in a moment or for there to be an alchemical fusion or an alchemical shift, in order to shift something from a lead frequency into something that a value as a gold frequency, then we have to be comfortable with precision because lead is a frequency, gold is a frequency. Well, how are you going to get lead to, to gold without shifting the frequency? Well, frequency is vibration, right? So there has to be an amount of like precision if you're making a mill and you really, you know, this needs some more salt. Well, if you put in turmeric, you're not going to get what you're looking for. Or if we put in, you know, sesame seeds, we're not going to get what we're looking for. We actually have to use precision. We have to use salt in order to get the flavor of salt. So precision from that perspective or that sense can be really really positive because it allows us to create alchemical change. When we can see, okay, this person's got a lot of blue energy on or they've got a really good heart, but then they're hung up on this over here. So then what is the antidote for that energy? And then you prescribe that to them and they implement it and then they find their balance. So in that sense, precision is really positive. And something I found with frequencies is that words, spells, spelling, S-P-E-L-L-I-N-G, when we write and speak, we are casting spells. And it is said many have come forth, like the movie The Secret and so forth, and said that, you know, of course, naturally what we think we create. So, what else to say about it besides that? I feel like you would like to say something. Oh, I find myself not using a lot less words when I'm performing my own kind of personal ceremonies. A lot of it comes out as humming, vibrate, just sound. Mm-hmm. And it varies. It rises. It goes lower in vibration. Um, and the the reason why I... Well, let's just say I used to focus very much on being precise about everything that Mm. I would do because a a lot of experiences in my background was like walking on a, on a landmine in my, my family life. So in that, in those situations, you've got to be very precise about where you're stepping. Um, and, but it, it hindered me in a lot of ways. And what I've found is that I, my, in my own individual process, it's been good for me to move the dial or the needle away so much from being precise and careful all the time to being more um, 
playful and experimental, regardless of whether the experiment, you know, the chemical experiment, like in class, kind of blows up in your face, whatever. Um, I find myself less afraid of that. Um, it, it's interesting when we talk about you know, spells, the original word for magic was uh, grammary, where we get the word grammar from. That was a word that was used um, alongside with with magic. So there is, when I think about words, the words that we speak, a lot of times I think more of, of the vibration behind it because I'm becoming more sensitive to vibration and the t- tones and vibration um, and the way people speak. Um, to the point where I can actually feel it in my in my body, and so when I say particular things now, I do step back and say, "Well, wait a minute, did I really mean that?" But I don't do it from a, a critical perspective. It's more of like trying to figure out why I've said certain things over and over again as a theme in my life, and how is it that I've gone from seeing those particular words and phrases as, as a theme and now it's changing in a different direction where I'm, I'm saying things differently now and I'm looking at my life differently because of the way that my vibration has changed because I no longer focus on the it makes a big difficult stuff yeah and I, I found that once I got a hold of um, just the self-awareness on my language everything really changed for me and it's continuing to change I find myself I get challenged with precision a lot because I realize that it's all precision, meaning even when I'm unclear and chaotic, it's still precise because that is what I generate. That is what happens next anyway. So it's all precision. And to take the challenge and to go, no, 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 what is it that you actually want? Somebody asked me that today. Somebody says, no, what do you want? What do you want? What are you wishing for? And I still find myself freeze from years and years of wondering, I can't really get what I want. I can't really have what I want. And therefore, who am I to ask for it, to speak it? And this whole process of compassion and self-love and forgiveness and not being afraid of punishment, not being afraid of what might happen if I just ask for what I want. And that's what reclaiming our innocence is all about. So tap me out and tap me into you Heal my brain and my body too Balance my chemistry, hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps one singing it with us <laughs> so that's good you know we almost took this song off rotation but now glad you didn't yeah good good he's a good one a good brother Nako. medicine yeah. for the people yeah so let's uh this is actually the last live show for talking alternative for 2015 so this next time talking alternative goes back on the air it will be 2016. It will be new year, new intentions, new resolutions. What are your guys' takes on resolutions and intentions? Do you, what's up? What's the latest OS update on New Year New Year's resolutions? Do you guys have any? You want to share them? I feel like I like to complete our last segment. 
That's a good resolution. I do that. I just more I'd like to make the statement that we speak so much and I myself speak about love and light and positivity and staying focused there and sometimes someone will say well you know how can you just ignore the wars and ignore what's going on it's not that I ignore it I'm constantly rather constantly in a space to receive clarity and information uh, and solutions to present to resolve these different situations so indeed keep an amount of or I encourage us to keep an amount of an analytical mind, per se, in a positive way, and to question things and to challenge things, because that's how they evolve. If we all just say, oh, it is just the way it is, and it's all divinely led, and it's all perfect, like, we do say that, but we have to have that in moderation with, you know what, this isn't working, and I could just accept the way it is, or I can do something about it, be innovative, and create something new, and let's shift the course of the human race and where it's going. So it's a balance of both, and that could be considered negativity, but there is a difference between negativeness and what we so despise or dislike, which would be considered like evil. So there's darkness, but know that there's different energies that can disguise itself in darkness and as well as the light. So we can't even really commit ourselves to any precise structures other than following our gut and our, our core, and the God within us, letting it guide us and keeping a balance between between these two supposed parallel realities or the light and the dark keep a balance between the two so if it's not a precise structure yet structure really does still help right so it's it's a dance or what is it how would you describe it is it a loose structure or is it a so for myself yeah my personal journey and experience i visualize this white beam of energy going through my head like at all times literally it's like constantly pictured there in my subconscious and then my my flesh around it I allow it to move and flow and act and respond and create and express so it's like I always have that stable core of guidance within me activated present alert all the while my my physical incarnation my physicality like the fairy within me the mermaid within me the magical being I let her dance and express and play and keep the innocence alive so I don't think the structure necessarily has to come from external harnessing in a in the like extreme manner. We can have the harness inside and then externally just let it flow around it. And that's where I think confidence, that when someone is activated that way, that's who you would define, oh, that's a confident person. It's because they know what they have inside of them. And they're like, I'm strong inside, you know, so it allows them to externally express that solidness, that consistency. Have you found you? Have you always? Have you always had a an imagination that served you, or is that a practice, or is that a new experience? Because I was thinking about it the other day, just after s- spending some time with you, thinking about your upbringing and and your imagination. If your upbringing and your imagination go, you know, hand in hand, and how you are able to transmute or transform protective imagination into creative imagination is that can that be a real journey because people that's what people have imagination people say to me a lot actually and the work that i do with people is i feel like i i can't imagine i don't have an imagination and that is an imagination on its own because when you speak it flows and there is something about it that just seems inviting and i'd like to explore this for a minute what can you advise people who feel like their imagination is stuck? Their innocence is just a concept. It's not an experience for them. To bring, to reawaken the innocent boy or girl, just oh, I call it like reawaken the unicorn within someone. 
the rainbow, you know, a balance of all the different colors, harmony between all the chakras in the energy body. Uh, how to go about that, a main way to stimulate the innocence per se is to read um, a mythological children's book. Hmm. Like read about the Greek gods and goddesses and Cupid and Apollo and goddess Diana and the nymphs and how they interacting and what they did and like re-stimulate the concept of mysticism and parallel realities in worlds where you don't dare go into because it's so sacred there lies a goddess you know it's her sacred space and you don't go in there or if you're here at this time of day you'll see Apollo the sun god fly his chariot across the sky his chariot of fire with his horses and like really go into these different stories and it does it awakens your imagination in a very classy way mm. yeah and then the, the inner child like perks up so also hanging out with kids that's i pretty much have to have children in my reality because they're constant reminders of innocence and i would say that my success in life regardless of any trainings or schooling or anything has been staying in tune to my innocence i refuse to let my innocence die I refuse to. It won't. My imagination won't stop. I refuse. So that's something I actually intentionally nurture and make sure she stays fed and make sure the little girl in me is like healthy, strong, vibrant, present. Okay. So it's an intentional thing that I do that someone I think has to do. Or yeah, the mundane world could get pretty confining. But that's huge. That's a great help just for me listening to it because I know I, I've had to almost fight to maintain my innocence at least perception wise because I I always follow uh, most of the time I do follow I believe in myself I like I like what my heart has to sing and tell and share with you know just with myself and many times I find or I have found the world to be skeptical of my innocence like it's too good it's it's not innocent and I've had to fight for it literally especially in the past year speaking of closing 2015 I I've almost doubted myself just based on other people's perception of behaviors that literally just following my own truth, my own innocence, my own purity. And it seems like it's a, it's, it's a, it's like a, it's one of those fights that are worth fighting for, even though it's kind of an oxymoron to fight for your innocence. But you have to, it's our birthright. We have to keep it alive. It's like the key to me. Innocence is the key to Godhood. Honestly, it embodying what you would describe or define as divinity in the physical form on a consistent basis. Or even if it's not consistent in the sense of like, am I always acting like an angel, what you would define as angel? Sometimes I'm probably too stern with people when commanding them to do a precise project and they want to argue with me and it's like, I have, I know how it's supposed to be done, just follow through, right? I could handle the situation different sometimes, but ultimately I always keep that innocence at arm's length, if not presently active within yeah. Would you be willing to come next year on this podcast and do a show, a podcast about innocence? Because that is a uh, that is a great way to start 2016. And I, I guess you could say no, but it would be really wonderful. How about this? Let's leave it to the divine flow. Yes, we started with flow, and we are kind of getting close to the end of again the last show of last live show for Talking Alternative on air. And I do, I really do wish myself and you, my intention is to surrender, my 2016 intention really is to surrender to the flow that I'm already aware of. And even though it can be a newer type of experience for me to just continue to trust it at the rapid pace that I'm doing, 
Uh, it takes courage and it takes support, and we need each other for that. We need each other to really uh-huh. just trust, really, really, really trust. What about you, Rich? How is uh, what's 2016 looking for you? I've just been playing with stimulating my imagination, and um, uh, which has mainly been getting my magical inspiration from uh, fantasy novels, comics. I'm not really looking at magical text specifically, like uh, you know Aleister Crowley or, or any of this kind of stuff. But I've been getting, you know, if you really want to find something that will stimulate your imagination and kind of bring you into this magical realm as an adult, you can read um, Lev Grossman's Magician's Trilogy, which is really good. Um, Alan Moore's Promethea, which is a phenomenal um, series of comics. But that's where I've been getting my my magical inspiration from um and i put myself in a in a mode where i reenact what i read in those books out in the world i mean it may sound silly but i go out there on the subway and pretend that i'm in the underworld and i'm you know i i i interact with people as if i am this goddess character promethea Hmm. and uh it's you know it's fun which i think is is something that maybe we should put more emphasis on sometimes is is having fun in this work that we do right yeah um and when i say that that's like that's a good sign (laughs) (laughs) fred any oh yeah this is like is amazing you know it's been uh incredible to see how we've been all kind of mirroring each other with like uh lilith bought up about the myths you bought about the comic books I started recently getting into like this resurgence of comic books as well. Like I went to Barnes and Nobles the other day. I probably bought like eight, nine graphic novels and all of them I start like archetypally deciphering and like deconstructing them. How do they work out? And what I get from them is like, I remember back when I was like a little, little kid, I asked my mom, I'm like, mom, did I grow up like, what were my favorite superheroes? Did I grow up like in the Green Lantern? Because, you know, the Green Lantern is like such a fascinating archetype. It's about, you know, using will and owning your fear, owning your vulnerability and using your imagination to create and help people. But what comes with that, you know, what comes is a great deal of responsibility as well. And I guess my intention or resolution, you could say, is to really clear out the parts of myself that are just inferior that don't live up to these responsibilities for the God-given gifts that I was given. And just to finish up um, on this theme of comic books, one of our new shows starting in January 18th is going to be a show all about comic book art and comic book pop culture. And we will see talk to everybody after the New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Thank you so much for tuning in.